Welcome to the Thursday Night School of Faith. Uh, it's always a joy and a blessing and honor to have you uh, join us from wherever you are. I've been teaching on a sound mind. Uh, generally, a promise that is in the scriptures in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us the spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. We have walked a journey through the scriptures just to establish why uh, that needs to be a reality to us, what it means, how we were created, how we were wired, and we have established from the scriptures and the biblical meaning that a sound mind means moderation, it means self-control and balance. So that when the scripture says God has given you a spirit of love, power and a sound mind, it means that he has given you moderation. He has given you self-control. He has given you balance. That is important because the state of your mind determines the state of your life. Proverbs 23 and verse 7, the B part of it, the scripture says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And again, I did take time to show us that in the Hebrew thinking, the word that is used for heart is interchangeably used by the word that would be used like for mine, there's, there's that interchanged uh, usage. And uh, the word is leb, which, which would also work for the element of the mind. So when the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, it's just nearly as saying, as a man thinketh in his mind. So Proverbs 4 and 23 says, guard your heart because out of it are the issues of this life, which literally again is guard your mind guard your mind now in romans chapter 7 and verse 25 the scripture tells us it is with the mind that we serve god generally we say it is with the heart the scripture says it is with the mind that we serve god because that's where decisions are made now it's instructive for us to understand that god gave us the mind for dominion that for man to function as the domin as as the dominator of the earth as the ruler of the earth, that's a better word, as for man to function as the ruler of the world, he needed an organ that would connect his environment to his source. The source of man is God's spirit. His environment is natural. Now, for him to have this dominion, man would be the interface of this environment, the garden and the earth that he was given, the natural things that he had, and God who is spirit. It is in the mind of the man that all of this plays together. The knowledge of God coming in by revelation through his spirit and whatever his five senses can pick from the environment, it is in the mind that these two engage. And so we have talked about the importance of the mind of a man being sound because then the man can function well. When you lose your soundness you lose your judgment when you lose your judgment you lose your authority and you lose your position as well when you lose your soundness you lose your judgment and you see you cannot rule without having good judgment even jesus when the scripture talks about him in isaiah chapter 11 it talks about his ability to judge he says the spirit of the Lord will be upon him. He says this, uh, the stem of the root of Jesse, and he talks about seven elements. He talks about the spirit of counsel, the spirit of 
of the fear of the Lord. It talks about the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, and all of this upon him. And then it talks about him not making judgment based on just what he sees. That means that he has judgment that has its foundation in the spirit. So your mind is this place where God God speaks to you through your spirit, but it is your mind that picks what has been said to your spirit to interpret it so that you can activate it. It is your mind that will pick what has been put in your spirit so that it can interpret it and then activate it. It means if the mind is not functioning, if the mind is not well, then you cannot do anything. You cannot do anything at all. So God gave you the mind as a creative organ. Anything that attacks your mind attacks not only just your sanity, but it also attacks your ability to rule. You will never function well in life. If in life anybody has any doubt to the sanity and the soundness of your mind, they will exempt you from certain duties. That is to show you how it is important for you to have a sound mind. Now, the role of taking care of your mind is vested in you. The responsibility, rather, of taking care of your mind is vested in you. You are responsible for your wellness in your mind. And I would say that you are responsible to a great degree for staying sane. You are responsible to a great degree for staying sane. To the degree that it depends on you, so that I make a disclaimer, to the degree that it depends on you, you need to be watchful. That's what Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart, guard your heart above all things, because out of it are the issues of life. Now, we, we know, especially those who have been in church, we know that the battle with the enemy will always be in the mind, because it is in the mind that we serve God. So that's the place he will come and attack. The word for that in the Hebrew, napash, has a greater meaning than just a place where thoughts are. That's one aspect of it. But napash is the appetite, is the essence, is the whole of your being. It is who you are, essentially. If we remove everything else, it is who you are, essentially. So you have to guard that. Now, you cannot separate your mind from your emotions as well. Whatever affects your mind affects your emotions. Whatever affects your mind. Once you get data into your mind and you interpret it, you begin to have emotions that are released, that are related to certain interpretations that you have. So you will see something and your mind will say, that's wrong. You either get angry or you get sad. So your emotions as well are controlled from the point of your mind. Now, if you have a sound mind, you may have sound emotions. If you have a sound mind, you may have sound emotions. Yet again, ladies and gentlemen, it is important for you to invest. It is important for you to invest in your wellness, even emotionally. The scripture says to us in First uh, John, is it first, Third John verse 2, it says, I wish above all things that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. I wish above all things that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. Now, and that you may be in good health. There is all this interrelation between the prosperity of your soul and the prosperity of your hands. That if you prosper in your soul, it is easy for you to turn that 
into prosperity with your hands. You cannot be effective out there if you are internally crushed, if you are internally disorganized, if you are internally imbalanced. You cannot be effective out there. That's why people will take time off from work. People will take time away and just travel and be by themselves. What's happening to them? They feel that they need to be effective. But for them to be effective, they've got to find their balance again. Because if their emotions are all over the place and their mind is stressed, meaning that it is carrying more than it should, they cannot prosper in the work that they do. So the state of the mind is the state of the man. The state of the mind is the state of the man. When you feel that emotionally you were drained, mentally you were under attack, it is important for you to take time and get to the place of wellness because the scripture says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Never at any one point sacrifice the prosperity of your soul just because you want to see financial prosperity or you just want to build your career and you were sacrificing your wellness you were not sleeping at night you were not okay you have high adrenaline you've got you've, you've got so many things that are going on in you in your life in your mind because you were trying to take over the world scripture says whoever has rule over his heart is better than the one who takes over a city. Whoever has rule over his heart is greater and better than the one who takes over a city. That means that the ability to take care of yourself is greater than the ability to take care of the world. If you can control yourself, balance, the word was sophronismos, that balance, if you're able to take care of yourself, your emotion, your mind, your health, you are better than somebody who has lost that but has taken over the entire city in the name of Jesus Christ. So some of the things that we talked about and uh, on Tuesday, then I went into the element of it is important for you to understand that we were created out of a community and created to be part of a community. So I'll go back into scriptures in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Glory be to God. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Um, if we may start from verse 15 as well. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Praise be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Then the Lord God took man and placed him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. So God takes the man and places this man in the garden to take care of it, to tend it and to keep it. Um, and then God says to man that out of all the trees of the field, you may eat the fruit. But of this particular tree in the middle of the garden, you may not eat thereof. So he has given him his purpose, tend the garden, take care of it. He has given him his purpose, an assignment. And then he has made the provision for him. In verse 16. That tells you something, which is also very important for you to understand if you're going to stay well. He, he says, this is what I want you to do. He has given him the purpose. And then he gives him, verse 6, the provision. Anything God wants you to do, he makes provision for it. Anything God wants you to do, he makes provision for it. This, as simple as this statement is, this particular statement can deliver you from unnecessary stress and pressure. 
that anything God gives you to do and anything God asks you to do, he will make the provision for it. That means that if I am not seeing the provision for it, I need to ask myself, did God ask me to do this? Or I need to ask myself, is it time to do it? Maybe he wants me to do it, but is it the time to do it? Or I need to ask myself, am I blind to the provision? Maybe he wants me to do it, and maybe it is time to do it, but I may be blind to the provision because the provision does not look like what I wanted it to be. So I may be blind to the provision just because it doesn't look like what I'm used to or what I want. But I've got to ask myself those three questions. Is God in what I am doing? Is it the time for me to do what God wants me to do? And then where is the provision then? Because even Abraham, when he left in Genesis 22, when he left with his son after God had said for him to take Isaac and go and offer him as a burnt offering uh, on one of the mountains in Moriah, when his son said, my father, I see the wood, I see the fire, I see the knife, um, but where is the lamb of the sacrifice? Where is the lamb of offering? And then his father said, God himself will provide. Genesis 22 from around verse 6 to verse 8. He says, the Lord himself will provide. What was Abraham teaching his son? That if God has given the purpose, if God is the author of that purpose, then God is sure to make provision for it. So sometimes we will take up assignments, we will take up engagements, either because we are happy or excited about them, or because somebody has inspired us, or we have seen it with somebody else, or just our drive and our desire is pushing us there, and then we get into it, and we begin to wonder where is the provision of it. The provision is not always just in terms of money. Sometimes it's the provision of capacity, because God will give you things to do, and then he gives you wisdom as provision. He will give you knowledge as provision. He will send you people as provision as well. So sometimes we get into it and get stuck because we didn't have the wisdom for it. We did not have the preparation for it. We did not have the capacity for it. We probably sometimes don't even have the personality for it. And then we get stressed over something that we should have not have done in the first place. But there are times when we should do it, yet we just do not know where the provision is. And sometimes the provision is hidden right where you are. So it's good for you to ask yourself those particular questions because they may free you of stress. They may just free you of pressure. Now, verse 17, but of the tree of good, of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall eat of it. You shall not eat of it, sorry. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. What is this that God is just bringing in here? He's teaching self-control. Remember the sound mind is self-control. The sound mind is self-control. He says you can eat everything, but this particular tree you shall not eat thereof. Self-control. And he says in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Death begins with lack of self-control. Death begins in any area. Death in any area begins with lack of self-control. And I need that to be in perspective. Um, spiritual and emotional death begins with lack of self-control. Spiritual and emotional death begins with lack of self-control in any area. The moment I cannot control my appetite, my desire, I cannot control myself, I am in discipline, and I am all over the place, I will begin to go down. That's what I mean by that. So God in verse 18 says, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. Now, 
God is the one who said. God is the one who said. It is not good that the man should be alone. This scripture is mostly used when we are talking about weddings and marriage. But then it shows us a deeper thing that God had as an intention for man. That man was never supposed to be isolated. Man was never supposed to be isolated. Man is a communal creature. So last on Tuesday, I spoke about if we are going to have this place of um, our emotions being balanced and we being whole, we must understand the importance of relationships, which is what we are now talking about. So we move from just the soundness of the mind to importance of relationships. And it is God who established the idea of relationships because man is a communal being. So every man must be part of a community and every man is a part of a community. You did not just appear. You came from somebody. You came from a union. You came from the union of two people. You are not self-made no matter what you say or believe. No. Right from the womb, you were not self-made. You were made before you even thought and knew the word made. And you were made before you could even spell made by itself. So you've got to understand you're not self-made. And there are no independent people. I'm going to break some things here today. God never intended for anybody to be independent. In fact, it is impossible for anybody to be independent. The correct term is responsible, not independent. You never will be independent. You never will be independent. Because you may cut off some people from one side and say, I no longer depend on my parents for this but you depend on your boss for your salary. So how independent are you? You depend on somebody else for the house that you live in. You depend on your landlord. In a way, you interdepend on each other. They depend on you to pay your bills, your rent, and then you depend on them for, uh, for them to supply the things that you need in that house. You depend on the government. Uh, when you pay your taxes, you depend on the government to provide certain amenities. There is absolutely nobody who is independent. Independent means depending on no one. You depend on God. You couldn't wake yourself up this morning. You cannot keep yourself alive. Which one of you, the scripture says, can even stop your hair from turning gray? You totally depend on God. You depend on his oxygen. If he took it away right now, you would not even know what happened to you. You totally depend on people. You depend on people. And there are people who depend on you as well. Man is a communal creature. You belong to a community. The moment you understand that, it will help you. And the scripture taught us in Proverbs 18 and verse 24, it says that the man who has friends must show himself friendly. A man who has friends must show himself friendly. If you're part of a community, you need to act like you belong to that community. If you are part of a family, act like you belong to that family. If you're part of a church, act like you belong to that church. If you're part of a group, act like you belong there. Don't be part of something and keep making people feel that you don't want to be part of it because you drain them, you wear them out. That is when we begin to talk about toxicity because then now people have to keep on trying to do everything to keep you over there. They've got to check on you every day. They've got to call you. They've got to find out where you were and then you come in and you're like, I'm just okay. And you know they're worried about you because they care about you and you are enjoying that attention and you're using that attention 
intention to manipulate the people and their emotions are being drained because you are enjoying by your selfish emotions the manipulation and the attention that you are getting and you're not being friendly you're not being friendly because you have to think about them as well you have to think about them as well i've seen people who will always use the thing that you know i was going through stuff and issues even when you're going through issues you need to be consolable you need to be consolable you must want to be helped jesus asked the man in john chapter 5 he says do you want to be made whole do you want to be made whole sometimes we are not whole and we are not well and that is okay but the question is do you want to be made whole if you're part of the people you're part of a family you cannot just go quiet on everybody the whole time they've been trying everything to reach you they've been trying to show you love they've been trying just you know to make sure that you're okay even if you are at your lowest, at least show that you appreciate the effort that the people are making. Because then what will happen is your brokenness passes on to them. You are part of a community. Don't act like you don't belong to a community. And don't you even dare say that it doesn't matter whether I'm with them or they're not here or something. It really matters, ladies and gentlemen. Probably if we thought of the fact that we belong to community, communities we would have less matters of suicide we would have less mat less matters of you know people doing certain kind of crazy stuff because i will be thinking about who else is my decision affecting who else is my decision affecting when i decide to do certain things who else am i affecting glory be to god you are created to be part of a community you were created to be part of a community you came from a community i say that on tuesday elohim that word is a plural word it's a plural word. It's not a singular word. Elohim is God in his plural form. So you came from a community. Let us make man in our own image. Plural terms. Let us make man in our own image. And after our likeness. And God created man. Male and female created he them. Even in the creation. The formation. The creation. The bringing into existence of nothing. Something that has never existed before. He brought them male and female male and female created he them he did not just create male he did not just create female he created a community male and female created he them male and female ladies and gentlemen the community is supposed to be an ecosystem of your wellness the community is supposed to be an ecosystem of your wellness that's why the first place that the devil attacked was the community he came to separate and divide adam and eve he came to separate and divide kind from marble he has always gone after the sense of community because the scripture says if two of you shall agree concerning anything on the earth it shall be done to you in heaven because there's power in community jesus never released the holy spirit on the apostles sitting in their houses individually he waited until they were all in one place in one accord when the day of pentecost was fully coming acts chapter 2 and verse 1 then there was suddenly the sound as of a mighty rushing wind and each one of them then had these tongues of fire resting upon each one of them the whole house was filled and they were all filled with the holy ghost but that did not happen on the street that did not happen when he was pursuing them going to emmaus he waited for them to come together paul says in philippians chapter 2 and from verse 1 he says he he needs them he says i want 
all of you to be of one mind. He says, give me joy by having one mind. You need to be like-minded. He said, let nothing be done out of strife or contention. Do not do anything out of competition. He's talking about the importance of community. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, the scripture says, do not forsake the coming together of, of as is the manner of some. What is the scripture talking about? He's talking about community. Don't forsake the coming together as is the manner of some. Even as we see the day drawing near, because as we go towards the end, things will become harder and things will become tougher. Paul talks about that. He says, in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves. That means that is not natural. That is not how it is supposed to be. Men will be lovers of themselves. They are not supposed to be so. They are supposed to be part of a community. Glory be to Jesus Christ. So you were created to be part of a community and you need to act like you belong to one. You can't just be thinking of yourself. Glory be to Jesus Christ. You can't just be thinking of yourself. We've got to think about one another. When Abel died, God came to Cain and he said, where is your brother? He said, am I my brother's keeper? That spirit still goes on till today. We don't care about what happens to the next person. We don't care whether the next person is well. We don't care because we feel like as long as I have my assignment, I don't need anybody. Adam had a perfect job. Adam had no need. Adam had no loan. Adam had no mortgage. Adam had nothing that he needed anything for. And God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Part of the reason why we have dysfunctional communities is our connections are based on innate selfish needs. We are users of one another. Oh my good God, did I say that this afternoon? We are users of one another. We will only connect when it benefits us. If we have everything that we need, then we don't need anybody else. Can God trust you to still be communal when he has made you have great provision? Woof. Can God trust you? My God, Anabosha. Can God trust you to still, woo, to still be communal when he has given you nearly everything that you want? Because if some of us had the things we need, we would be so arrogant. We would be totally arrogant. We would be talking to nobody. I mean, little levels of success or perceived little levels of success. And we don't talk to anybody. I mean, we just rude. We just cut off. I don't need them for anything. I don't need them for something else. You see, it's not only money that should define relationships. It's not just contacts and connections and where I want to go to. I, I put up a post the other day. I said there are certain levels of relationships that require total and blind loyalty. Total and blind loyalty. You cannot be selling your friends on the altar of what you think is what you want to receive in the future. So you will be, you will be undercutting people who are relating with you because you feel this one doesn't have much and the other person seems to be giving me what I need. So I can actually dump this one and go for the other one because it will help me get to where I need to get to. After you have gotten to where you want to get to, you will realize you need authentic relationships. You will realize that you must be part of a community. There are people who are suicidal with what looks like success. They have 
hit the apex of their life they have gotten to the top of their careers they have gotten to the place where they even ask themselves what else can i do what other mountain can i conquer but then they realize there's something that is lacking they don't have anybody they can call they don't have anybody who can sit with them for 30 minutes and say nothing they don't have people who can come to them who don't need anything from them but just want to talk and connect with them they have no relationships not with their families not with friends they don't have friends they don't have anybody they can lean on and so when they really need to talk to anybody they have nobody because all the people around them see them as the boss see a check in them all they see is the check opportunities the platforms the privileges nobody really connects with them when they want to laugh they have nobody to call because they have formed this bigger than life image everybody each and every one of us needs people in our lives each and every one of us and the sooner you realize this ladies and gentlemen you probably will have to get to the place where you slow down on the pursuit of what you think is success and begin to build relationships on the path to success because if you get there without this other side you will not be balanced glory be to god Woo hallelujah hallelujah let me read something from luke chapter 12 my father and my god luke chapter 12 mm. i'm going to give the point number two for today by the time i'm done with this luke chapter 12 luke chapter 12 then I need to go back to Genesis. Mm. Ah. Let me just get this word very quickly. Verse 16, And he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. The ground brought, brought forth plentifully. Adam, I've given you the garden. I've given you whatever you need. It's yours. The ground of a certain man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, what shall I do? I have no room where to take my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build a greater. And there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have so much laid up for you for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This night your soul shall be required of you. Then whose whew, shall those things be which you have provided? My God. He says, <laughs> you have built up so much. And you still have the next level and you you say, you know, you've got a self-drive, you're a self-driven person and you always want success and you want to have people around you who are thinking like you are thinking and they're getting to where you want to go to and they're always talking big plans and all of that. Ladies and gentlemen, life is not complicated. Life is not complicated. There are times you just need to take a break from thinking big because you just need to relate. The reason we are going crazy is because we are so goal-oriented and goal-driven that we don't have time for authentic 
relationships. We are so crazy chasing the whole world. And God, my good God, the scripture says in everything, give thanks. I'm sorry, but I thank God for COVID-19 because it had to just slow us down. No airports to go to, no countries to visit, no purposes to pursue, no office to run to, just to sit down and take a breath. Woof. Just to sit down, take a breath, get to know your neighbors. Some of you are right now just getting to know who your spouse is and who your children are. You've lived with them for 20 years, never really got to know them. You know their name, you know where they were born, you know their skin color. You can identify their body in a mortuary, but you really don't know them. You totally don't know them. Glory be to God. And you have had this opportunity now to connect completely to just connect without competition without insecurity without fear even with your friends i was telling a friend of mine a pastor the other day i said you know one of the best things that has happened in this season i said have you noticed that there are less fights among pastors less fights because <laughs> you remove the congregation and they have nothing to fight about i'm sorry i say that you remove that and now everybody appreciates the different gifts that everybody has just to slow down because sometimes what we call the pursuit of success is making us kill the sense of community what you begin to see someone that is supposed to be part of community to you as competition my god who is better than who who is bigger than who who can do more who has more? Right now, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> it, did, it did not matter for, for quite a long while within this COVID. It didn't matter whether you had one car, no car, or ten cars. None of you could go anywhere because you get back to the basics. Get back to the basics. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I appreciate people who work hard and we do that. But I'm just saying that we should never sacrifice the sense of community at the altar of pursuing what we think is success because so many people are stressed and distressed because of this they have no outlet they have nobody to talk to they have nobody to run to there are people who are embarrassed to say they don't have money there are people who have looked so successful that they cannot call anybody and say my marriage is not working because they look like the epitome of success and they do not even think anybody will give them permission to say it is not well my father and my god hallelujah Glory, 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 glory. Community. God says, you fool, this night your soul will be required. Who shall have the things that you want? You're working so hard. Who shall take over? You're building so much. Who shall take over? This man is thinking, man, I've done so well for myself. I have too much. I just need to keep on expanding. I just need to keep on expanding. And God is saying, have you thought about the other side of your life? The same God who gave man the garden said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Ah, <laughs> money, money gets its value. When it can change somebody's life. If it doesn't touch anybody. It's a piece of paper. And a denomination on it. It is. It receives its value. On the change it can put. On somebody's life. Let's go back to that Genesis chapter 2. 
want to read something, then I go to my next point. Oh, hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. Praise be to Jesus. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Mm. I want to say this to all of us who have always felt like we don't have time. I want to read you a scripture. Let me take you to Genesis 3, then we come back to Genesis 2. I want to read you a scripture. Because after this season, you must do things differently. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord. My translation has put that in capital. They heard the voice of the Lord God. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And God said, God called to Adam and said, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that God had time for people? I mean, the almighty God, almighty, all-powerful, the CEO of heaven and earth, the ruler of the universe, the maker of all things, the one who sustains all things by his breath, he that sits upon the circle of the earth, the one, the one that upholds all things, the one that made the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky, he holds the heavens and holds the waters above the heavens and the waters below the heavens together and apart from each other, the one who by his word, the stars cannot collide and the sun and the moon have got to follow their orbit the one who causes the pillars of the earth to stand still he that set the boundaries on the seas and the oceans the one who watches over all things the one who does not sleep nor slumber sitting in the heaven heaven is his throne the earth is his footstool he had time for man you cannot tell me you don't have time for people the only reason you will have no time is you have no control. The only, shoo, the only reason. Let me tell you something. Your time, your time management is one of the greatest revelations, the greatest, it's one of the greatest expressions of your level of organization. Your time management. Your time management. Most chaos have their genesis in poor time management. If your life is all over the place, just check out how you manage your time. Just check out how you manage your time. You're not going to stay up watching movies the whole night and then you have an early morning meeting and you have submissions to make going into the boardroom with red eyes, totally tired, dozing off by 10 o'clock in a meeting and then people are wondering, you know, what's happening to you? They don't know whether you're sick or not. So you're losing your most productive hours because you could not control yourself in the night. Your time management is an indication of your level of organization. God had time for people. God came down to the garden. He came down to the garden. Now Genesis chapter 2. Let me not upset anybody. Glory be to Jesus. 
Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Ladies and gentlemen, you belong to a community. Whoever has friends must show himself friendly. Whoever has friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Now, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate. And I say this, that none of us is independent. None of us is independent. Each one of us is interdependent. So I'll show you in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 9. Then I will move on. Neither, alright, let me, let me read not just verse 9 so that I bring out my entire context in it. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Nevertheless, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11. Let me read verse 11. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. Neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. Glory be to God. Verse 12. For as the woman is of the man, even so the man also by the woman. What is it saying? That the woman was created out of the man, but then man is given birth to by the woman. There's interdependence. Community, ladies and gentlemen. The man cannot say, I have no need of the woman. Of the woman. The woman cannot say, I have no need of the man. I'm not talking about at a personal and individual level. I'm talking about the whole picture of God. Glory be to Jesus Christ. I'm not saying you cannot live single. No. I just want you to understand that man was created in a community. In a community. So this is general thinking. The man is not without the woman. The woman is not without the man. The man did not just come in by himself. The woman did not just come in by him herself. So each one of them, man cannot say, I don't need woman. Woman cannot say, I don't need man. Because every man was raised by a mother. Every woman has a father. So there is an interdependence. There's community. Glory be to Jesus Christ. We were created to be part of a community. And community brings continuity community brings continuity it is said if you want to do something if you want to go fast go by yourself if you want to go far go with people community brings continuity if there's people doing it with you jesus set up a community of 12 disciples the gospel is still being preached up until now jesus did not take down any one point jesus did not take his pen and start writing down the things the things we know about jesus right now they we know them because there was a community around him that were eyewitnesses of the things that he both taught and said and did and so that community brought continuity into the ministry of jesus christ glory be to god now, I've spoken about community. I've spoken about community. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. I want to show you Proverbs 17, verse 17, and then I go to the next point, which we will pick up on Sunday night. And we will continue with this teaching into the next week as well. Proverbs 17 and verse 17. A friend loves at all times. 
Note that in your Bible. A friend loves at all times. You love when they're acting up. You love when they're crazy. You love when they're up. You love when they're down. If you say that's your friend, a friend loves at all times. Be careful about these people who only love you when they can benefit and they only love you when they think that you are acting in the way that they think that you should. They should love you enough to tell you the truth but still not walk away from you. That's what a friend does. A friend does not agree with everything that you say. They don't agree with everything that you do but they will love you enough to tell you the truth in private, defend you in public. A friend loves at all times. They don't change because you lost your job. They don't leave because you don't have as much money as you had before. They don't walk away because you're no longer part of the club that you used to have. They do not wait for you to rise up from the ground again before they can connect with you. A friend loves at all times. Ladies and gentlemen, we must start pushing away carnal thinking and begin to build solid communities so that people can be well. So that people can be well. They can find support systems. They can have people that they can run to. They can know that at any time in my life, I have have people who can hold me up like i taught about the four men who bore a man and took him to jesus we need to know that we are part of a community and we need to know that even though the person disagreed with me they love me they care for me they want the best for me again we cannot just be going to people who are always clapping for everything that we are doing agreeing with us in everything because they are afraid of us a friend never fears you a friend will never fear you oh if if they fear you you're not friends yet. Ooh, glory. If they fear you, if they can't tell you the truth, you're not friends yet. You're not friends yet. A friend will tell you, you're acting crazy. A friend will call you and say, what kind of madness is that? But they're not leaving. They're saying that because they want to build you up and they want you to become better and they want you to become the best that you can be. Glory be to Jesus. Do not tell people who tell you the truth haters. Some of the people that you think are your friends are your worst haters because they never tell you the truth and they're watching you going up to embarrass yourself in the future. A friend loves at all times. Good times. Bad times. This is why loyalty must be taught. Loyalty must be taught. Loyalty must be taught. Can you stick by your friend? Can your friend stick by you? The four men carrying this man who was sick of palsy a friend loves at all times. They knew he couldn't move. They knew he couldn't do anything. But they carried him. They carried him. Because a friend loves at all times. Glory be to Jesus. But even as I say that, you have to watch out for the spirit of manipulation. People who don't want to get well. Because they say a friend must love them at all times. That's a disclaimer. You must watch out for the spirit of manipulation. A friend loves at all times. One who is unwell must want to be well. They must want to be well. Glory be to Jesus. Now, so number one, I've spoken about community. In developing solid relationships, community. Number two, which I will just begin to touch on and then I talk about on Sunday. It comes from the same word that forms community. The root word is the same. And it is called communicate. <laughs> communicate. Ladies and gentlemen, communicate. If you are part of a community, communicate. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus Christ. 
Anything you do not speak to dies. Anything you do not breathe upon dies. When you shut your mouth, when you stop communicating, when you stop having, uh, when you stop having this back and forth, not fights, but if you are not exhaling and inhaling, you die. You need to communicate. You need to talk to one another. You need to listen to one another. You need to pay attention to one another. You need to know Joseph is not well. He has not said anything, but you have grown a relationship to the point where you can pick communication. That if he's quiet for two or three days, you know something is not right with him. Communicate. Communicate. We will be talking about, on Sunday, I will be talking about how to improve on your communication. If you're part of a team, part of a family, part of a group, part of the community. But it is communication that keeps the community going. Communication. In a marriage setup, in a relationship setup. Communication is the circulatory system. You know, your blood circulation system, your blood circulatory system is what carries oxygen and food and every element that the body needs. That's what will carry the things that the body needs. It carries water. It carries everything that the body needs across the body. That's how communication is. When you see issues with money, Trace them back to communication. When you see issues of trust, you can trace them back to communication. When you see betrayal, trace it back to communication. When communication is broken, everything else is going to be broken. You cannot have a community without communicating. It is important for you. It is important for you to be communicative. Whether it is by writing or calling or visiting. Or just being there and listening. Because sometimes you don't need to talk. Sometimes all you need to do is give a listening ear. But whatever you need to do, communicate. Let the other person know, I am interested in you. I'm interested in being part of your life. I'm interested in you being part of my life. That's what communication does. Communication is the building of the community. It is communion. It is becoming one. It is the common union, the development of the common union. It is the building of oneness. The better you communicate and the more you communicate, the more you become one. So you begin to push off misunderstanding and misconceptions and all of those kind of things. And you begin to learn each other and you are able to work better even when sometimes you may not agree. But it is easier for you to just pick up the pieces and go forth together because you have an understanding of each other in our age when nearly everything will be done via the phone we are losing the essence of proper communication we are losing the essence of proper communication interesting how so much ha, so much will be said even on places like facebook that's where you get to know that somebody is not happy with you they have your number, they know your house, they work with you in the same office, they attend the same church with you, and then you just see an attitude. Then that's the place. You see a Facebook post and you realize, oh my goodness, so this person actually has an issue with me. What kind of communication is that? 
What kind of communication is that? You want to know that a husband and a wife are having issues. Just check out the post of the wife and then see what the husband says later and then see what the wife says on the other side and then you realize these two people. My goodness, what kind of madness is this? Why can't we just talk to each other and stop talking at each other and stop talking about each other? Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I might as well just bring out this uh, as a side note. As a side note. Very interesting. You part of a church community 10, 15 years, 5 years, 4 years. You part of it. You are so part of it. You leave. Then you start throwing trash at it. You are crazy. You are crazy. You are absolutely immature. You don't know how to communicate. Only children throw tantrums. So you will have to go out over there in public. Throw your tantrums because you are crazy. I say it, you are crazy. Glory be to God. People don't do that nonsense with their bosses. They don't do that kind of nonsense with their bosses. So we need to kick out this childishness from church. And even with marriages and relationships and so all of that kind of stuff. So you're writing things about your spouse. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Communication. You're part of a community. <laughs> stop talking at and stop talking about and start talking to one another. Now we will talk about communication as we build up that. Because sometimes the reason we go crazy is we're not communicating. We're building up so much on the inside. We're building up so much on the inside. We are angry with people who don't know we are angry with them. We are feeling betrayed by people who don't even know that they betrayed us. We are wronged by people who don't know they wronged us. And we are angry everywhere. So we go everywhere talking about how people have hurt us and the people have no idea that they have hurt us. Or sometimes then we just take in everything on the inside. Then one day we just do something that is outrageous, something that is so silly. And people say, you know that person, that person went through so much and nobody knew because you don't communicate. Nobody knew because you don't communicate. When God brought Eve to Adam, Adam spoke because words are breath. <laughs> words are breath. Anything you stop talking to will die. I want to pause right here and we pick up on communication. We've said number one, community. Number two, communicate. Developing solid relationships, ladies and gentlemen. Community. You're part of a community. Oh my God. You're part of a community. So number two, you've got to communicate. You've got to communicate. So we have to learn how to communicate effectively. We have to learn how to communicate respectfully. We'll talk about that on Sunday. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Pastor Ann Masharia, God bless you. Uh, Amy Joy, God bless you. Always a blessing. Praise be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eric Opie, God bless you as well. Dorothy Ogwede, God bless you. Baba Zolani, uh, Jadol Bright, God bless you. Grace Kunga, good to see you. Pastor Pancras, God bless you as well. All right. Uh, Kennedy Njunga, Pastor Tony Gobanga, good to see you, my brother. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. Amen and amen and amen. We will pick up on Sunday afternoon. Mama Ruth Raburu, God bless you. Bishop George Obari, God bless you as well. All the way from London. Good to see you. Said Rashid, God bless you as well. Uh, appreciate each and every one of you. Joseph Murunga, 
and each and every one of you who just tuned in today. Uh, my brother, Prof. Omondi Okech, God bless you as well. Good to see you here. Pastor Benson Okeo, Mario Wairegi, Joe Yeshua as well. Thank you so much, all of you, for tuning in. I want to pray. I want to pray, but I want us to give our offering. We want us to give today. Um, I want us to give our offerings. And those of you who want to pay your tithe as well, uh, if you're within the boundaries of Kenya, the pay bill is 655125. Send in your tithe and your offering. Let us know in the accounts that it is your tithe, your offering, your pledge, or whatever it is for administrative purposes. We would like to know that. So in the account, just let us know it is your tithe, it is your offering, or whatever other gift. If you are, um, you're, you're not able to use the pay bill, you can do direct M-Pesa plus 254-721-556-159. Plus 254-721-556-159. Now, if you uh, you want to give and you're out of this country, you can do the same, use the same rather, uh, use the same number for WAVE or for World Remit. Plus 254-721-556-159. Plus 254 254- 721-556-159 for wave world remit or direct impressor but if you are doing pay bill 655-125 you probably are out there you have never given your life to jesus christ all of the things that i am saying right now are just flying over your head the greatest relationship that you would ever want to have the greatest community that you need to be a part of is the community of the kingdom of god the community of the family of heaven god is a father he is not just a creator he is a father his desire his intention his purpose and his plan is that you may be part of that his community he said let us make man in our own image after our likeness and that he may have dominion over the face of the earth as much as god was creating man to dominate the earth he wanted that man to be part of the community of the divinity and so today if you want to give your life to jesus i will be so glad to lead you to the lord right now all you need to do is to believe that jesus is the son of god that he came in the flesh he was crucified he died he was buried he rose again and he is coming back again if that is you then i want to lead you just make this confession after me say lord jesus Come into my heart today. Save me. From this day, I repent of my sins. From this day, I declare that you are my Lord, you are my Savior, and you are my God. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer, you are now born again. We are saved by grace, through faith not by works you didn't have to do anything you don't have to do anything to be saved you just need to believe you believe jesus in your heart it is counted as righteousness you confess it it becomes salvation that's all you need to do but now that you have believed then there is certain things that you begin to walk into you begin the walk of obedience because of the faith that you have in jesus christ just the same way if you get married to somebody then you have to set aside everybody else now begin to work on your marriage so now that you're born again you don't have the permission to do everything that you want no because of this love commitment that you have made to the lord jesus christ you begin to learn the walk of obedience for you to do that you need to get yourself a bible you need to get people around you a community of believers that will help Help you walk the walk of faith so do this let us know that you have given your life to jesus christ just send us a message on inbox or the text message let us know you've given your life to jesus number two testify to other people and let them know that you have given your life to jesus christ number three get yourself a bible and begin to read and study number four if you need help 
to find a community of believers that can walk with you, grow you, teach you, train you, and build you up. Let us know as well. Wherever you are across the world, we would be so glad to try and help you. Just find a community of faith that will help you grow in the faith and the things of God. So I pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ. That the Lord that has saved you will preserve you. He will keep you. He will watch over you. He will grow you and establish you in the faith. And for everyone that has given, may the Lord reward you. May the Lord multiply your seeds that you have sown. May the Lord rebuke the devourer for your sake for those who have paid their tithe. May God open up the windows of heaven and give provision for every purpose that he has aligned you to and called you to in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, I pray for everyone who was going through anxiety, fear, everyone who is mentally overwhelmed, everyone who is emotionally broken. I pray for the prosperity, the healing of the soul in the name of Jesus Christ. And I also pray for one who is afflicted in their body by whatever disease, whatever stage it is at, let the miraculous power of God come upon these people in the name of Jesus. Be healed in your body, be healed in your soul, be healed in your mind, be healed in your family in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Let the spirit of the enemy be broken right now to the glory of God. Be free from every infirmity. Be free from every infirmity. I see somebody that is giving up their crutch today because for the first time you are going to walk without having to lean on the crutch right now in the name of Jesus because God is doing it for you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. It is your right leg that had a problem and you had to use a crutch and God is healing you right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It is well with you. You are blessed for life to the glory of God. Now, tomorrow is Friday. And at 6 a.m., I will be here. East African time, 6 a.m. That's GMT plus 3. 6 a.m., I will be here for the morning mist. 6 to 7 a.m. We have this every Monday to Friday, 6 to 7 a.m. We wake up to this every morning here in East Africa and in Nairobi. It might be some different time for you. Uh, last week, I think Leah Holler was helping me out and told me it was 11 p.m. in Canada. Now, whatever the time is, wherever you are, that's okay. Just get in touch, get connected, and let's pray and hear the Word of God. It's just one hour of prayer and the Word of God. 6 to 7 a.m. East African time, which is GMT plus 3, and every other Monday to Friday, 6 to 7 a.m. In the night tomorrow, 8 p.m. East African time, we hang out with the young people via Zoom on the quiver and we get their questions, we get answers for life, wisdom for life, for them just to grow and build up. So the flyer will be up as well on our social media platforms. You can get the flyer and get the details, get the ID for the meeting and come and join us at 8 p.m. East African time for the Friday. Saturdays, we gather for the Saturday starter. It's getting better, it's getting bigger and we want to see what the Lord will be doing with us in the month of june as well every sunday 8 30 10 30 and 3 p.m we have our services so in the morning 8 30 first service 10 30 we have a series going on in the sunday morning but at 3 p.m on sunday same time as this i will continue with this particular teaching in the 3 p.m service then on mondays we have a 3 p.m commonwealth where we get to learn god's mind concerning money concerning wealth concerning stewardship we get to learn that so reina datella and myself are here every monday just discussing god's mind from a biblical and covenant perspective tuesday we have the victory service wednesdays we have the winds of worship and thursday as well we've got the school of faith but next monday as well 
in the night at 8 p.m we begin a new segment which will be the shepherd staff we will be bringing in various different and diverse ministry gifts pastors prophets apostles evangelists and teachers to just come and shed light one on their journey of the faith and then on the things that we face in life so whichever way it is we want to be a blessing to you. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Now, as we always say in this place, Shalom Irene, peace and prosperity, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing shall be broken in your life. The Lord bless you, keep you, watch over you, cause his face to shine upon you, give you peace until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Have a very lovely day, night or evening, depending on where you are.